Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Hey everybody, it's the B and the E podcast. We're doing another episode and we're talking about what it takes to have a long, epic career in the arts. Something to that effect. Something like that. <laughs> Longevity in the arts. Bam. Basically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so um, we, we weren't quite sure exactly uh, what we'd talk about here, but basically what we came down to was, you know, there's kind of like why we get into the arts, how things kind of evolve and change once we do, and then what it actually takes to actually have a long career in the arts yeah. and to have something where you can actually not just, not just kind of dabble in it, but actually make a career out of it. And I think when you make a career to the arts, you, you want to get into it knowing that there will be highs and lows, however they come and what's going to hold you through those highs and lows and make sure that it remains a joyful experience that you really reach your full potential in. And I think that a lot of time, just my opinion, I'm just going to start with this. My opinion is that most people don't have a joyful experience of the arts because they base their career too much on rewards and achievements and recognitions and things about getting something that is not in their control. If you look at like, if you like to draw when you're a kid or you like to, you know, goof around with your friends or you like to play hide and go seek or whatever you did, you did it probably because you enjoyed it, not because you wanted to necessarily be the best hide and seek player ever. And you might've wanted to be good at it, but you also enjoyed it. And the thing is, is I think what happens where people, um, kind of get in their own way and they don't have a long career in the arts is they stop enjoying the actual practice and and the process of being an artist. And what it takes, um, is a certain kind of, uh, internal game, a certain kind of connectedness to it all. And I think when we start chasing external things too much, we get lost, you know, you get led down a maze and you get lost. And I think those external things, they come in, in a variety of ways. I think they like, you know, there's the things that are, that are obvious within being successful in the arts, which is, you know, being like famous, being a household name, winning awards, you know, accolades and, you know, and, and galleries and, and shows and all of this kind of stuff. But I think that it's also, um, there's a lot of things that you don't necessarily think of as being, uh, stuff that actually takes you out of your art and takes you away from the things that are going to ultimately help you be a, uh, a happier artist, a more connected artist. Um, and, and to have sort of the stamina for the long game. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and the thing that was really interesting to me about this conversation is is it really gets down to like some core things in all of this, you know, it's like wherever you are, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing this thing, whatever it is that you're doing for a while, these are big things to, to, 
start asking and start inquiring within yourself about, because I know it took me some time to start putting some of this shit together. Mm -hmm. Um, because, and I also wanted to have this conversation just because there's things about this that I'm like, I wish I had been told when I was younger. Right. Yeah. Like things that I wish I was like, that I had known about what it was that I was doing as an actor, um, who wanted to be an artist or at least who wanted to feel themselves as being an artist somehow, which was something that just kind of kept on seeming to escape me. Mm. Right. This is like, no, I want to be an artist. You know, like I want to be an artist, even though I didn't really know what, what that meant mm-hmm. or what that was. Um, but it was, I, it was very important to me. And, um, and I didn't really have, and it's kind of a tricky little thing to, to talk about. It's a tricky thing to, it's, it's not necessarily a clear thing. It's just more of a direction that you end up having to discover, but there is, there is a direction and you kind of, it's important to know what direction to go towards in order to start uncovering these things. Cause it's ultimately like, to me, there's all the, there's so many payoffs. I mean, there's being more connected to what you do on like a very deep level, uh, which when you're connected to that and it really has meaning to you, it makes so much of the challenges that will come up externally just seem so entirely trivial. Right. Right. Um, which is, which is really big. But one of the things I wanted to, to talk about this, like, yes, it's obvious to get into the stuff about like, okay, if you're starting to do that, like if you're getting into this out of a sense of being famous or being, you know, having yeah. tons of money and living in the hills and hanging out with celebrities and shit like that. Um, that's quite clear. Um, one of the things that I, I went through was, was, um, an external was become, was actually part of, it was my sort of desire to be an artist led me on this thing of, of studying acting so kind of voraciously and so hard Hmm. in a way that it became this external thing. Like me being this actor became a thing, right? That was not actually really a part of me, at least where it was coming from was not, was became this kind of this reward, this award, this carrot that I was chasing. Sure. Right. It's like, if I get to this place as an, as an actor where I'm, I'm this good, then, you know, then I'll, I don't know, great things will happen, you know, and there's something noble about that, but it it is important to know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And for me at that time, what ended up happening was I started take like studying techniques. So like with so much like, (laughs) you know, like concentration and even stress of just being like, I'm going to know every, every like method and technique and, and tool and blah, 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 blah. And I was surrounded with a lot of people who were very much the same way. We're like, okay, yeah, we're going to study and learn all of these techniques and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, now, uh, the, the work became all about the technique of what you're doing. It's like, okay, it's the technique. It is this external thing, 
but it's what I ultimately realized is like, actually, no, the technique is not what I'm doing. Mm. The technique is not acting. Right. Like it's, and it was, that was kind of like a revelation for me. And, and the same thing applies for other art forms. You know, it's like, it's not about the technique, no matter what you do, it's not about the technique, but it can become one of those things that you end up just like, no, I'm just going to be like the best technical thing. And it's like tech, you say you can be the most technically accomplished person in whatever it is. And nobody will give a fuck about what you're doing. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I think, I think the other thing is like, there's, there's a magic to doing something that you really care about and you're really interested in. Yeah. You know, if you, if you watch like a little kid play with a toy or play some game and they don't recognize they're being watched, they don't realize that you'll see it's quite fascinating, but they're not trying to play the game the best. They're simply really engaged in the game. Yeah. And there's something about being engaged, which I think kind of gets, you know, kind of overlooked or sidestepped or something. I mean, I think there's, I think when you start out, you're, you know, I think this happens for a lot of people, especially in the film industry where you're trying to somehow beat the system. You're trying Mm. to somehow, you know, basically learn some cutting edge thing, some tricks, some way. That's that's very interesting. That's very much mentality within that, within the industry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and so, and, and so you're, you're, instead of doing the most important thing, which is being engaged, you try to, you know, do the technique, you try to do the thing, learn the lesson, whatever. And the thing is, is that you get engaged in the technique, but you don't get engaged in the actual action. And then you don't know why it's not working. And the, and the problem is, is, you know, you get these teachers who get you engaged in a technique and not engaged in the actual action. And it gets very confusing because now you're trying to do the thing, right. You know, where it's like, um, you could like, and this is for all those actors out there, you know, here's a great thing to practice. Take something, take a, take a book, take something and, and just get really, really interested in the thing, you know, practice getting interested in stuff, you know, so much so that you just, you just want to know everything about it. You just absolutely, you know, and that if you, if you were to capture yourself doing it, if you were to film yourself doing it, you would find that it is the most captivating, most interesting thing because we are, interested in people who are interested. We are engaged in people who are engaged. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that when someone is putting on or they're feigning something, even feigning that they're engaged in something. Exactly. Yeah. We have an internal Geiger counter that it's like a sense that goes, "Mm, there's something not true, but we don't know what it is always, but we just, we we might not even be like, Oh, they're not engaged. We're just kind of like, "Eh, I'm just not interested. But the thing is, is you're not interested because they're not really interested because the thing is, is that we like acting is kind of an interesting thing because what it does in many ways is the magic of it is it reflects another person back at themselves. You want to know an interesting thing I learned the other day. If you take a, a piano in a room and you play, I don't know, like the C chord or something like that, or like a yeah, chord yeah, on it or whatever. Say, yeah. Play that. If there's another piano in the room, the same strings will vibrate yeah. as the one, you know? So what's, what's happening is that piano in some ways is connected to the other piano. Acting's a lot like that. I have a piano, but I'm watching you play the piano and I 
feel you play the piano when you really play the piano, because Mm -hmm. I have the same strings in me. I don't know how to play them, but when you play them, they vibrate in me. And that's why I'm interested in watching you. So if you don't really vibrate those strings, I don't feel the vibration. And that's why I don't, I don't know why, but I'm watching you do it it's like you're feigning playing guitar or, 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 or say the piano. It's like you're feigning playing it. And I can see it looks like you're playing it and it sounds like you're playing it, but the vibration isn't kind of landing. Yeah. And so like, that's what engagement does. It actually sends like, even if someone's on a screen, they weren't even in the same country. Somehow there's a real vibration there and you feel that in your body. Yeah. And so like, that's what people I think don't realize when they try and beat the system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, there's, um, you know, there's like very, uh, like technically accomplished musicians or something, you know, we'll, cause we're on the, you know, we'll go with a piano or something <laughs> okay. and someone can be very, t- and they can do all of the, the razzle dazzle and they can do all of this stuff up and down and, and they can play real fast and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and they're meticulous. Right. And, and you go, Oh wow. Like look at them go. Hmm right? And it's, it can be kind of, it can be fascinating in a sense. Right. Um, but it's, it can be devoid of feeling. It can be devoid of meaning. And then you can watch some piano player who really doesn't, isn't nearly as technically accomplished, but they bring you to tears with two chords. Hmm. That wasn't anything fancy whatsoever. And you go, well, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What is that? And that's, and that's the artistry. That's the kind of shit that I'm like, that's what you need to get connected to. If you're getting into the arts, that's like, that's the thing that's going to give you the longevity Hmm. because when you're playing with feeling and meaning, that's your, that means you're, you're playing with, with passion and and fire and, and care for its own sake, Mm -hmm. for the sake of doing it, as opposed to necessarily for anything else, right? There's, yeah. there's something that's going on there. That's, that's more than just, you know, than just the, the, the technical thing that you're doing, the technical, you know, the technical stuff can, is only there to help you find expression. Right. But as soon as it becomes all about that technique, it's the, the magic is gone. Like there's no, there's no meaning to it. Right you know, there's like a, there's a thing about, you know, if you're not engaged, you're not going to get into flow Mm -hmm. and flow is, and flow is a real thing that they're studying. Yeah. And flow is when you're fully engaged in something, time seems to not matter. You know, you get, you know, you get caught up in this thing. There's no suffering about it. There's no anything. You're simply just doing and being, and you're in it. And, um, you know, and, and you hear actors say this all the time where they like, I want to lose myself in the role. Yeah. Well, if you want to lose yourself in the role, you want to even have come close to experiencing that you need to be super engaged. You need to be, you need to hit flow. You need to hit the point where time doesn't exist. Who you are doesn't really exist. It's not that you lost yourself in the character, like you're someone else necessarily, but you know, we only know ourselves through essentially how we express ourselves and what Mm -hmm. we do. Like we don't really, we don't really know ourselves until we actually do something. And even then we don't really know. So when like, you know, there's like acting teachers that'll get you to like 
I want you to like find the walk of this character. I want you to find their voice. I want you to find this thing about them. Once you start doing that and you get really engaged in doing that, once it happens, you do kind of lose yourself because you get engaged in this. And then I think that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a series of layering because, um, you know, Brian Tracy has this talk. I was sharing this with you earlier, but he talks about the conscious and the subconscious mind Yeah. and the conscious it's imagine like basically said, imagine that there's a golf ball attached to a basketball. The golf ball is your conscious mind and the basketball is your subconscious mind and the conscious mind, you know, they both do different things, but the con the, the conscious mind, it has no memory. The subconscious mind is filled with memory. The conscious mind can only focus on one thing. The subconscious mind has access to many, many, many things. Um, the, when you're, when you're working on acting and you and something's new to you consciously, you're practicing it with your conscious mind. You're working it until it becomes practiced enough where it becomes habitual into your subconscious mind. You don't even, you know, it's not automatic, but basically your subconscious mind listens to your conscious mind and and, and whatever your conscious mind tells it, it accepts as true. So once you start practicing something, your subconscious mind starts to make it automated. And once it makes it automated, you can let your subconscious have another thing and another thing and another thing. And so basically eventually like a really good actor, what they've done is they've done extreme focus, extreme engagement on something, and they've practiced it enough where their, their subconscious now can access it automatically and they can do it without thinking about it. Now, here's a perfect example of it. If you, if you say like, you know, before you know how to walk, you had to be engaged in walking, right? Now you're not so much engaged in walking, you know how to walk. Well, when you first start walking, you might have to think like, oh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk over there. But once you're actually in this process of walking, your subconscious mind is just taking over now. Yeah. You, you'll find yourself, if you start walking down the street and you start getting a conversation with someone, you start talking about something or thinking about something. If you stopped yourself, you'd go, holy shit, I'm walking right now. Your conscious mind didn't need to have that on its mind anymore. Like you didn't need to have that, which cleared your conscious mind to do something else. And so like in many ways, your subconscious mind is always functioning. So like if, if we actually practice engagement, what ends up happening is when you go on autopilot, you become engaged in doing something without thinking about it. And so like, I think a really good actor or a really good musician or a really good painter or great writer basically what happens is they no longer have to consciously think about the thing they're doing anymore. Mm. Like when I write, because I've written so many screenplays, I think I added up, it's like 37 screenplays or something crazy now. Uh, probably even more. But when I write, I don't have to think about foreshadowing. I don't have to think about subtext. I don't even have to think about, you know, character history. It's all just, I've done the work on it. Yeah. So now like all I'm really focused on is like, trying to have this person maybe be understood and all the other work is coming into play. And so the thing is, is that if you want to make your career and your craft really, really hard is don't like focus, don't focus on what you're doing and what you're, what matters to you. Focus on like, focus on external things that have nothing to do with you. Cause then it'll be very painful because the thing is, is you're constantly trying to juggle balls that you don't have practiced. Right. 
And I think like the thing is, is that if you want to have a long career in something, what you do is you practice a lot of little things to the point where they become automated. And then once they become automated, then you can focus on what matters. Because the difference that I notice between a really like good actor or, you know, good musician or whatever, is that they're not focused on how to play the guitar anymore. They're not focused on how to, you know, how to say their lines anymore. They're focused on what the character's focused on. Yeah. They basically, all the other stuff has become automated. And like, you know, I think that's the thing is when you try to find that fast cutting edge trick, you skip the fact that there's a, there's a series of engagements you haven't done yet. And that's, that's really it. To me, where, where art is like kind of where you're, where I'm in flow and when I'm at my best and whatever I'm, it is that I'm doing, whether I'm acting or I'm writing or I'm playing music, um, it gets to a point where all I'm doing is listening. That's what it seems. It, it seems to be like to me Hmm. is when I'm, I'm into something is that I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to control things so much. I'm not trying to direct things so much. I'm more so just listening Hmm. to what's going on and responding you're listening to, you know, in, in acting, that's obvious, right? You know, although probably not so obvious when you see 95% of acting that's out there, right? You see a bunch of people just acting at each other. Um, and no one's really, really actually truly listening to each other. Cause when you actually really listen, like acting becomes so easy. Yeah. It becomes ridiculously easy. Um, but it's a weird thing. You have to go through all this training to like realize that that's pretty much what you're doing. But it's this, I've noticed the same thing with, with when I'm, when I'm writing as well, when I'm in flow and whatever, and I'm just writing, I'm just listening to what's going on, you know, sometimes even picturing it, but like, I'm really, I'm just like responding to, to what I'm seeing. And I'm just like, okay, put it through with music. That's an auditory thing for sure. So it's like, I can be listening to a piece of music or something that I've, I've put together and I'm I'm playing over top of it, or I'm just coming up with some chords to something and I'm just listening to, I'm not going, it's like, okay, it's going to go to this one and to this chord and then to this and this. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. My technical ability allows me to know, um, musically where like possibilities to where it could go, but it's not a definite thing. Hmm. So what I'll do is I'll just, uh, is again, it's just a listening process of me going, where does this want to go? Like, where does this, I'm just listening to hear where this thing naturally wants to head into without me trying to like manipulate it or control it. Right. It's like, what, what's good. And then you just hit on something. You're like, Oh yeah, that sounds good right Mm -hmm. there that wasn't me going, this is going to sound real good when I do this. And it's like, I have no idea. Cause sometimes it doesn't, I'll try something. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not right. Mm. That doesn't work. And then I'll try this other thing. And I'm like, that's it right. Fucking there. Like, you know, and you just, it's just this feeling that comes out of really listening and responding to what's happening. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I agree because what I find actually a lot of time with writing is like when I'm in flow, it's almost like something a story is being, I'm just a conduit. Like it's just being told through me. Like it's almost not even mine. 
but like, I'm a part of it, but it's like, I just gotta like, and it's, and that's the interesting part about it, but it's like being so engaged in the story that the story is kind of uncovering itself. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm actually trying to do so much. A lot of the time I'll have an idea of where things are supposed to go. And it's weird because they'll, they'll go off what I thought they would a lot of the time, but yet it's still what I wanted or what I kind of thought, but it just didn't happen the way, like, I think that's the thing Mm -hmm. about it. It's like, you know, there's, you know, when you go into like a conversation and you you have something to say to somebody and you run through your head, how it's going to go. And then you start talking to him and it doesn't work out that way. Writing, I find is a little bit like that. You start a scene and you go, okay, this is probably how it's going to go down. And then you get into it and the characters start talking and it doesn't go down that way. And like, it's funny because it almost doesn't like, if you're being truthful to both characters or all characters in the story, what ends up happening, I think is that, you know, it's kind of like, uh, like when we, when we plan to talk to somebody, we have like our perspective yeah. and we don't necessarily, we kind of have maybe like an idea of what they might say based on what they've done, but we don't necessarily understand where they're coming from. But like, I think like the thing about engagement though, like bottom line is that it makes everything more enjoyable. And so if you're, if you're doing the artistry from a place of engagement, I think it will get better results, but it'll also be a much more enjoyable experience, like creating and going about stuff. And I would say that the reason why people struggle and get discouraged and they get like, they lack motivation and these types of things happen is because they stop getting engaged in the whole thing. And they start making it about something other than, you know, their interest in the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because I think it's like, uh, you know, I think there's like, it's like suffering through your art is not a great way to be an artist. No, it's not a great way to do a job. No. You know? And it's like, it's what brought you to this thing in the first place to me. It's like, what's because like art is an expression and what, so, so what brought you to this expression? you know, and, and this is the big thing, I guess it is in many ways we're talking about what's your, why, like, why are you doing this? Um, and also about getting into this idea of like, well, what's, what's your motivation? Like what, what are you using as, as the big driving factor in what brought you to this? Mm. And it doesn't mean that like, because I know for myself, it's like I had, you know, at certain points in, in my life and my career, varying degrees of absolutely superficial motivations. And what it doesn't mean that I actually didn't really care about it, hmm. but it's where I was putting my mind, right. And where you put your mind in your art has a, a massive, massive, massive impact. Totally. Um, because it was like, and, and you can end up rekindling it, your, your love for something, but that requires often as our last podcast, we talking about getting back to basics. Yeah. Like, let's get back to the basics. Let's start asking some questions here. Right. And one of the things I would challenge people who are listening to right now, it's like, okay, so you're, you're an artist, uh, of some kind, or at least you would like to be, you would like to consider yourself an artist in what you do. Yeah. So, let's, let's take this 
back to what has brought you here. And so I would ask you, how would you describe what you do as an artist without saying what it is that you actually do or what it is like the label of what you do? So by that, I mean, if you're a painter, you can't describe yourself as a painter. If you, if you play music, you can't describe yourself as a musician. If you're, if so you're, can you give us an example of how someone would describe so, themselves? So just describe what you do. Describe what you do. And this is kind of, it's, it's a bit of, you know, uh, a philosophical thing that you get like that you've got to head down into, but you'll start to find because, and this is kind of the craziness of it. This is the thing I want to point out is that would you begin to start talking about if you're a painter, would you begin to start talking? It's like, well, I, um, I use, uh, canvases and paints and I, I, I put, I put, um, I use brushes and I use this technique to create, uh, an effect of, of, you know, sweeps with color. And you go, what the fuck are you even talking about? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, but that's how we kind of on a subconscious level have, have treated what we do. Right. We go, it's like, Oh, well, like I, I do this technique and I do this technique and I do this technique. Which, like, would you talk about it that way? If you couldn't just say you're a painter, would you talk about what you do in that way? Mm. Would you reduce yourself down to a bunch of techniques or, or to something of like, Oh, well, I'm, uh, I, I pretend to, to be different people so I can be famous. <laughs> you know, like you just go, right. what the f- like, like what? That sounds awfully strange. Yeah. Right. So, but that's pretty obvious for most people. You're going to go, Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't describe myself that in what I do that way. So how would you describe what you do? Hmm. What do you do? Hmm. And explore this because now you're going to start getting into this weird territory of, of that is at the core of why you're doing what you're doing, which is why I like to ask this what question first, because it can help us lead to, to our core. Hmm. And you'll, you might start finding yourself saying things like, well, I play with, with color on a paintbrush to capture these extraordinary moments that a photograph just can't seem to do. Hmm. You know, like you might start finding yourself really being like, wow, getting into the real beauty because beauty and art, I think are inseparable. Yeah. Even when art is dealing with dark things, there's, there's always beauty somehow in what's being done. Uh, and you start getting into that, that like, what is this beautiful thing that you are doing? What do you think is beautiful about what you're doing? That's a Terrence McKenna quote that, uh, uh, who's kind of like a crazy mystic and stuff, but he's, he's awesome and a philosopher, but he said, we're, I don't know if I'm accurately quoting this. So let's, 
my my quota for the day will be filled of me like <laughs> one misquoted. Mis- at least I know who said it, <laughs> which is usually what I do. But he said, "Where you can't find truth, look for beauty, hmm. and the beauty will lead you to the truth." So start asking yourself, ask yourself that question. How would you describe what you do without, without the identification of what you do? Hmm. So whatever you are, ask yourself this question, write it out, speak it out loud. I don't care what you do, but actually really spend, spend some time on this and you'll start to get at this whole thing. It's like, okay, now we're starting to get at why you're an artist. Hmm because now we're getting to the meaning. We're getting to the meaning. I like this. That's, that's in you. And it's like, because that's where the art is. The art is in the meaning and it's in the feeling. Right. And it's, and I think that's why a lot of us, we, we stray away from it and why a lot of schools stray away from the subject because it's like, like, what is that? You know, it's like, it's this kind of this thing. Can you really put your hands on it? Can you really, how do you really teach that? How do you really convey that? Because it's a little bit mysterious, right? Technique is a sure thing. You know, it's like, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. Right. (laughs) You know, like that. It's like, Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) But it's like, all right. Yeah. I knew how to do that. It's like, but how does that make you an artist? It's like, it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) it doesn't make you an artist at all, but it can, it can, it can be a faithful servant Mm -hmm. to you as an artist, but you've got to be connected to yourself as an artist to know if you even want to do any of those things. Right. Because it's like you inform the tool, but we use the tools to inform our art. And it's just like, ugh, like it's backwards. It's so backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, there, uh, you know, there's this book, it's called film art, right? And it talks about all these techniques you can do in film to create different, you know, experiences and, and whatnot and effects in your film by using the camera a certain way or lighting a certain way or sound a certain way and all of this, which is great. Yeah, it's all great. And the thing is, is that, you know, I like the book a lot. I think it's really awesome, but I mean, it's only really useful for you to understand what options you have, but like film art doesn't make a film. Like at the end of the day, it still matters about like story and your purpose and the message you're trying to say. And and that's really what matters. These techniques are only there to help you better do that. But if you don't have a message, you don't have a real story, you don't have any of that stuff. And you try to do techniques without that. It's like doing something without really a purpose other than to look good. And it becomes like vacant and and kind of empty. And like, I think the, the thing is, is that there's this thing about artistry, what it really, like your, your example that you bring up, it kind of, the whole point of it is to bring more meaning and more depth into life. Because I think where we struggle most is that we don't have enough depth and enough meaning in our lives. And so we're, we're looking for things that can give us more, you know, more of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is there's, you know, and if we can't find it, then we do things that will help us escape from the fact that we don't have meaning. And so we'll just try to feel good. Mm -hmm. But like when you have, you know, I don't know, maybe this isn't true for everybody, 
But what I found for myself and what I found with other people that I've known at least is that when you have purpose and drive and passion and you have some, some kind of reasoning for why you're doing life, you don't really need anything because you're, that creates a aliveness. And if you're really doing it and you're honoring it, you know, there, there is no, there's nothing else that needs to be there. I think when you're not, when you don't have purpose and you're not connected to that and you're, and you're kind of doing things because you think you're supposed to or whatever, that's why we need these things like extra things to kind of like deal with it. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, going out to just say like, well, like, you know, people go on trips and well, what do you do? Well, I just drank, I drank, I drank the whole time we drank. It's like, well, like nothing wrong with drinking, but like, if you don't have anything to do, but drink, you know what I mean? Because you just can't bear to pass the time. So drinking's just like, well, we'll drink because yeah. that's what we'll do. You know? And like, you know, I, I think that's a very like kind of low vibration of purpose, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause you can have the purpose in drinking. You can say, yeah, I like to get together and have drinks with friends. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's like, I doubt that most people would say, well, my whole life is just to drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I asked my friend this thing, you know, I said, well, if you had all the money, like you say, you want all these things, you know, you want this, you want that, you want whatever, but let's just say you had all of it. You had all the money, you had all the success, you had all this what would you do? I mean, what would stop you from like doing what you're doing right now all the time? That's kind of like destructive. And the thing is, is like, I think if we are taking actions that are just there to pass the time, it's a sign that we're not really digging into like what you're talking about. We're not really digging into like what we do and why we do what we do. And I think like, you know, we live in a world where we're kind of tricked into believing that we need to chase these carrots and we need to pursue these things. Yeah. And that isn't really what our purpose is. Like our purpose is not, is not really to like make money like, or to drink or to, to do whatever it's our purpose is to go out and like experience something in in life. Like it's, it's something and it's not just what you're experiencing. It's also what you're contributing, mm-hmm. you know? And like, the thing is, is that we live in this very like egotistical, materialistic, um, carrot chasing kind of society where we basically get caught up in thinking our life is really just the sum of the things that we buy, the goals we pursue and, you know, and, and all this nonsense, right. And just feeling good. And really like, I think people find much more purpose in things that don't necessarily feel good. There's no thing involved in it. And a lot of the time, no one would even know if you did it, but that's more where purpose is. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is more, and if they did know where you, where you did it, all that would really matter is what you actually, how it affected their life, you know? And so like, it's funny when people chase fame because they chase it and they could have fame, I think but they chase it for the wrong reasons. They chase it because I want everyone to love me. But if you chased it because you wanted to affect more people, you would find that people would actually genuinely love you. But if you chase it because you want them to love you and you don't really contribute or offer any value, then you kind of can never have it. It's an elusive thing because 
people aren't just going to like you and think you're great just because you're great. They're going to think you're great and like you because they get something out of it. Yeah. So really what you're saying is when you want fame is you're saying, I want to be able to give people's enough value that they, that they, that they are thankful for me being around, but we don't pursue it like that. Mm -hmm. We don't look at it like, okay, well, what value could I give? We look at like, why am I not good enough at this? Yeah. Totally opposite. Like if you, if you really wanted to be famous, you should look at simply how can you give people something that they want, something that will in, you know, contribute to their life. Because if you contribute to their life, you become a valuable resource. If you become a valuable resource, they'll look at you with affection because you became someone who gave them something. Yeah. And if you start giving people something for free, they, they will start to see you as like this really wonderful thing that they have in their life. And if you get removed, they're going to notice that they're not getting the thing anymore. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's funny because like if you pursue fame or, or recognition or any of this stuff simply to gain, it will be almost impossible to get. But if you do it to give, it's almost like just given enough time you will have Mm -hmm. you will have what you want. You will have that recognition because people are just going out. Like people are, people are in a, on a base thing of like, they're going out to kind of get, they want these things. Right. But it's also about creating a genuine sense of giving someone value, like that you care about giving something, this thing to people, not just like, because it's, it can be a very easy thing to just like, Oh, okay. Cause you know, like you try and game the system, you try and game the system. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just like, Oh, this is what's going to give me the edge. I'm going to approach this. Like I'm I'm, trying to do with the edge again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this will give me the edge. I'll, I'll be, I'll, and then you just become kind of a really, um, I I don't know, a bit of self-righteous and the whole thing's like, well, this is what I give to people. It's like, are you, are you actually giving this to people? Or are you just saying that you're giving that to people to, yeah. You're doing it with to try and game the system. And it's know? like, it, it becomes inauthentic. And this is the thing is like, as artists, this is, this is where like the, it seems weird. I know like sometimes we get into weird conversations in this conversation. I love these conversations, but you know, it, f- for a lot of people, they might seem really strange mm-hmm. and it's just like, what the fuck does this have to do with artistry? And it's like, it has everything to do with artistry because it's about the kinds of people that we are. It's about speaking with honesty and, and, um, authenticity and Mm -hmm. integrity and, and being connected to our deepest selves. This is what the great artists have, have done. And it's not, it's, it's not a a cut and paste solution. It's not a color by numbers solution. Mm -hmm. It requires that you go and you look into yourself, really take a look into yourself. Why do you want to do this? What do you care about? what do you think? What do you feel? What do you like? Know yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to really know yourself. That's why I think, you know, a lot of artists don't really necessarily know what they're getting into at the beginning. I think I found, I found the same thing about people, um, who've gone down on like gone down on, (laughs) where's this conversation going? Um, who've gone, uh, down a, uh, like a spiritual path or it's like, Oh, I want to be enlightened. It's like, okay. Hmm. Like it sounds great, but there's things about that 
and this is again, from my own experience too, of having gone, it's like, no, I want, I had this, these ideas of what, you know, being a spiritual person and, and being an enlightened person was all about. And then you start going down the path and you go, holy shit, this demands more of me than I thought. This demands me to go further, deeper, like, and look at my shit mm-hmm. more than I thought. I thought it was just sitting around with a Buddha face and feeling just all blissful all the time. And it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Yeah. You know, there's, it's, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Being an artist is more complicated than learning a couple of, of tools and tricks in a classroom and, and showing your ability to use these techniques for others. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. It's far more than that. Mm-hmm. And it actually has very little to do with that. Right. And that's the thing where I'm always just like, I want people to just start to shift your perception around. It's like, this is not what it's about. It's about so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the thing is, is that there's, there's people who go and they get the material rewards that we think we're after. And when you don't have the material rewards, you project outward and you think, well, if I had those, I would be really happy. And we assume a lot of the time that the people that are living or doing the things that we think we want, that they would experience it the same way we do. But like a lot of things, um, can only be enjoyed with the experience without, like if you were born into wealth, like if you're born into something where you have like a lot of money and all of that, and you don't, and you never lived in poverty, you never lived in a situation where you were in scarcity and never had anything. You don't really understand what you have. You don't understand what it's like to not know, to not have the answers, to not have the resources. So your ability in many ways to appreciate what you have is not going to be apparent to you unless you went in and did some work and some investigation and really empathized with people who didn't before you would dig into it. So in a lot of ways, it, when people ask for happiness, what you're really asking for is give me enough pain to understand what happiness is. Mm. Cause happiness, you already have it. Like this is the fucked up thing that people don't realize we should be so fucking happy. Yeah. I mean, right now, just you and I, let's just take this example. We're sitting on a leather couch in a perfectly fucking heated room around all this stuff, all this technology, got people watching us live. We got people listening to our podcast. There's so many reasons to be happy. But the thing is, cause we're so wealthy in happiness. We can't see happiness. Well, we can maybe now cause we've had some hard experiences, but the thing is, is that you can't actually comprehend what you have until you experience without. So when people are pursuing happiness, they have to actually lose it. Like when people like this is the interesting yeah, thing, yeah. like when people pursue money, they don't realize there's a period you have to go through where you have to really embrace what it is to not have money. Yeah. You actually have to, you know, you, like people you love a lot of the time, you'll never really understand how much you love them until the concept of losing them comes into play. Mm-hmm. And so like the thing is, is that you know, people think of wealth and all this stuff is just money, but we're like extremely wealthy in a lot of areas and we can't recognize it. We're like a one percenter person, but we have it in, in family or in friends or in just, 
like where we live or something. But the thing is, is we can't, we just totally take it for granted. We're not doing it because we're bad people. We just don't see it. And so when you, when you ask for awareness, when you ask for growth and evolution and, and to actually feel kind of power and control in your life in a weird way, you need to go and experience what it's like to go to the dark, painful, hard side of it. And I think the thing is, is with, um, with artistry, it's kind of like that, like the long, if you want to have the long career, if you, you know, at some point you're, you're probably going to face some type of negative. And I think like that dark negative period is what's going to turn you into the artist that you either want to be, or you'll get to that dark period and you'll walk away. I think that if we were prepared, like if we walked into the world and said, look, um, okay, you want to be an artist, you want to be an, a, an actor. Okay. What you need to experience is you need to experience what it's like to not be able to book a role for your life. You need to experience what it's like to not have any money, to have people not support you, to feel like, you know, you can't do it and blah, 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 whatever. And if we like just came into it, accepting that, and like, we're ready to embrace that. It's like, okay, at some point I'm going to experience this. And I hope I can just get this experience soon. And we didn't look at it as a bad thing. We wouldn't suffer about it. We'd be like, isn't this wonderful? I'm experiencing what it's like to be broken. I can't get a role right now. When I finally get it, I'm going to appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to value it because really like, if we thank the hard periods of our life, as much as we did the good ones, we would actually have all the fortitude we needed to be able to, to last. But because we're, we're, we're basically trying to cherry pick experience. We literally rob the most beautiful experiences of our lives because part of, and you don't have to keep going to the dark hard side. Once you accept it and embrace it, you don't really ever have to go back there. Because once you have that context, unless you forget it or something, unless you start being arrogant and, and just like pretend it can never happen again, you never really have to go back there. So it, in, a, in a lot of ways, like not just artists, but people in life, we should embrace the fact that things are going to happen that are going to be hard. We should be thankful for that. We should be grateful because if we really saw the value, we'd realize that those things are what are going to make everything else be grateful and appreciated. Like they look at death in our culture. We look at death in our culture. You know, it's supposed to be a negative thing. Death is a very natural part of life. Everybody dies and it happens. It's as natural as being born. Exactly. And some people will die early. Some people die tragically and some people will live a long life. But the thing is, is that it's, it's good in certain ways that we, for us who have experienced that, it's good because what those people taught us was that, look, I can't take my life for granted because it could be over at any moment. And every bit of time I have right now is valuable and important. And also this person that I love, they could leave this place right now, or they could leave my presence right now. And I may never see them again. And if we did that, we would be so much, we would, we would appreciate things so much. I mean, if you, if you, anybody who's lost a friend tragically, 99% of the time, they will not have treated that person or they will not have been as full with that person as much as they would have liked to. And that's the thing they're feeling. But what a great gift that person taught you now carry on with every relationship you have and treat that person like this could be the last time I see you. 
and, and think about how you're, think about how you're handling that. Think about how you're also being in your life. Because once you start to make, once you start to see the, the darker, harder side of life, the, the, the good side of it becomes so much more enhanced. And I think, you know, my, my thing is what I'm finding in my own career, in my own life, is that really it's a, it's, it's a matter of expanding spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're, when you're young, you take everything for granted. There is no spectrum. Like, you know, you, you kind of live in a, you know, a, a kind of a, a small spectrum of good and bad and what's, what can happen and whatever. As you get older, you begin to experience, and I, not everybody gets this, but you start to experience tragedy and hardship and betrayals and things that are, you know, the things that we don't necessarily want to experience. But all of those things are the things that actually give us the opportunity to really expand our spectrum. Because if you've experienced betrayal, then you really appreciate loyalty when you see it. But you are not going to know the value of loyalty in many ways until you experience what it's like when someone's disloyal and someone, you know, sells you out or does something like that. So in some ways, these kind of horrific or challenging or hard things that happen to us are a gift as much as a good thing. And the thing is, if we take the lesson, you don't have to learn it so much anymore. You don't have to kind of keep going back there. But like, I think the suffering and the, and the rejection of the hard part of life is what constantly keeps us in this small little space. And we, we, we remain small because until you expand your spectrum of what, you know, darkness to light, you can't be as big and as much full of potential as you, as you really truly are capable of. And so I think like when we get into the arts, this is my point. When we get into the arts, we kind of get into it. Well, not everybody. Some people are maybe wise beyond their years, but most of us, I think, get into it with this idealistic view that everything's going to be lovely. I'm, you know, I'm going to, it's going to work out for me. Maybe it didn't for others. And we don't really come in with kind of the respect and appreciation. And most of us, you know, especially like in, in, in acting or music, most of us don't get to experience the, the glory mm-hmm. immediately. And that is when we're actually finding out about who we are, you know, and the people who do experience the glory in this thing, they're going to experience some challenges elsewhere, but we're not necessarily going to see that. But we live in a world where it likes to, it likes to glorify when someone's on stage or someone's making money or something like Mm -hmm. that. And it likes to make it appear as though their life is wonderful. And if you start hanging out or connecting with people who are very successful, you very quickly start to find out if you get close to them that their life is not perfect. In fact, a lot of their struggles are the same struggles. They're just different. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you, when, when you think about longevity, it's really a lot to do with just embracing the fact that there's going to be something that's going to be hard and challenging along the way. And like seeing that and being grateful and thankful for it, as opposed to like rejecting it and making it this bad thing. Like, if you can't sell a screenplay, you've been writing screenplays and you can't sell your screenplay and you know, you can't get an agent and you can't get anyone to read it. That's good. Cause now you're going to appreciate the fact when someone reads your script, cause screenwriters who've never had that hardship expect everyone to read their script. And they're just like, and you read it and they are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just should happen. It's like, no, if someone actually reads your script, they took time out of their life on, on speculation they don't even know if your script is good. And if you're not a proven screenwriter, 
they might have read your script and your script might have been horrible. And they just spent all their time doing that. And and that is time they can never get back. So like, the thing is, is I think is to be really classy artists, to be really good artists, we have to kind of start to learn to appreciate our harder times as much as we do these things. Cause I think to the degree that we're willing to experience the hardship of this is to the degree that we can experience the glory of it all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my thought. You're not suffering for your art. You don't have to suffer. It's not about, it's not about suffering. It's about like being in the hard part and you don't suffer instead of suffering. You become grateful. Yeah. I don't think you go out searching for the hard part. No, that'll you know, come. That's that. Yeah. It's oh, like come hard, on, hard parts take, take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely not saying suffer that if, if that's the thing that's coming out, that's not what that I mean. Is the my last th- that I think my thing uh, is, is that you're going to just, just know that you're going to experience some hardship and that when you do just say, thank you and be like, okay, great. What's this teaching me? What's this going to help me? How's this making me better? You know, instead of looking as like, woe is me. The universe is against me. All this other bullshit. No, if, if like, if that's the case, the universe is against everybody because everybody is experiencing some hardship somewhere. You just might not be able to see it in everybody. Cause you know, like you go on Facebook, nobody's going around going, Oh, my life is so hard. You know, there's a few people. And then when they do, um, a lot of time, if people are really authentic about it, everybody's kind of thankful. They're like, thanks for being so like open and real about it. If they're moaning about it and suffering about it, when they share their hardship, people might reject that because it's uncomfortable. But if someone said, you know, I'm going through a really hard time, you know, I could really use someone to talk to, you know, whatever. And they were like, I just can't kind of figure this out, but it's like, I'm really struggling. People will probably be like, Oh, okay. What do you need? But if you go, life's shit, everything's shit, everybody's shit, you know, and you just kind of start complaining about everything. I mean, it's, it's like repellent, you know, but if you're just like vulnerable and you're like real and you're like, man, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I, I'm, I went out for this role. It didn't work out. I lost the part. They gave it to some actor in LA because they were already on a show and I was almost booked in it you know, and it's like, and it's just, I'm just feeling really discouraged right now. And I, you know, I could, if there's anybody out there who could talk, someone will probably go, I get you, man. I know what you're talking about. Fuck. That's hard. And the thing is all of a sudden you start to have a, you actually can bond a little bit, but you're just being real as opposed to going, fuck the industry. They just cast people from LA. They don't care. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's all about how many Twitter followers you have. And like, yeah. you start doing that. People go, eh, how can I help you? Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's like, that might all be true. Right. But I mean, how is this helping? Right. You know, like, and it's, and it's ultimately, it's not helping. And then it's, it's kind of how you present it, right? It's about looking at it and going, you might not know the lesson to learn from it yet. You might not know the value, but don't go out and complain about it. You know, just be vulnerable and honest about it. Be like, man, this was challenging. You yeah. Know? And then you can actually really explore. It's just like, so, so what is that? What is that? envy, jealousy about, right. You know, what's that anger hostility really about? What are you scared of? It's never about the shit that you get angry about. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like, it's almost never about the thing that you just like get into a big rage about. Mm. It's always about something a little bit deeper than that. And it's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to see a part of yourself and to, and then to, to honor it and, and let it go. Mm. 
right? That's, that's the thing with these things. It's like, it's like the, you resist, you resist, it persists, right? They're, they're not meant to be hung on to. Right. Right. That's the thing, but we hang on to these, these things. What do you, uh, what do you think about the beer? Yeah. I was just going to say, it's really good, man. I really like it. Um, let's see when I'm yeah, have a little, have a little extra taster. Well, it tastes kind of like a, it might be an, uh, IPA or, or maybe an extra special bitter, like SB maybe. I don't know. It's kind of got a little bit of a honey taste to it. A little bit of a hoppy bitterness to it. The mix is good though. It's, it's a tasty beer. I, I, uh, it smells really nice. It tastes sweet. It almost kind of seems like it has some kind of like a, a honey or something in it. Mm. Um, but that's what I got from it. So I'm, I like it. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a two thumbs up. It's been a really good beer. Yeah. It's been uh, nice and tasty. Yeah. Tell us, reveal to us the, the world that we live. So this is uh, from Stanley Park Brewing. Okay. And this is their Windstorm West Coast Pale Ale. Ah, okay. So yeah, like a West Coast Pale Ale can be like a little hoppier Mm. than a normal pale ale. So um, it's not like IPA levels, but it's a little more hop forward than maybe a regular one. Right. Um, yeah, it's good. Have we had them on before? I'm not sure. I I don't think we We might not have, but definitely haven't had, if, if, if we have, then it's been like once. Yeah. Um, well they did good. They did good here. Yeah. And interestingly enough, this is like their they called it windstorm, uh, because like years the back, there was that big windstorm that like knocked down all of those trees there. So, uh, they actually partial proceeds so of the yeah, partial proceeds of the sales of their beer go to their foundation to preserve the park for future generations. Oh, that's cool. So, um, yeah, I like it. It's good. There's more of it here. So let me give yeah. you a top up. Let's do some more of it. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I think, um, you know, as we go through this whole, this whole thing, I think the thing is, is like, you know, taking artistry and not making it into something that, um, needs to, you know, needs to be a certain way or get you something. Like, I think like if artists being an artist, you know, there's the industry side of art, right? Like there's the side of art where you, you know, you set out to like make money and do all of that other stuff. But like, um, I think if you confuse too much what industry is with artistry, you know, if you really are all about industry, I don't think you should do artistry because really there's many more industry jobs that don't require an art. They require simply like, they, they require less variables and less thinking and you can make money more directly. So if it's really just about money, and well, it's I wouldn't re- say like less thinking, but just a different kind of thinking there. Yeah. There it's like, it's a, it's, I don't want to make a judgment on it. Well, more, I'm more practical. Yeah, I'm, I know. That's true. Maybe, maybe a lot of these things. I'm just saying it's also like, if you want to get into the, like into the industry side of artistic industry, like it might really going to the industry. There's like, there's generally seems to be fewer roadblocks right on that path. 
Yeah, it's usually a little bit easier to get into. Well, I think the thing is, is though, is that, you know, I think there's the material experience of life and, and that's a nice thing to have. And I don't, you know, I don't think it's bad to, you know, experience what it's like to have some wealth and some opportunity to go do some things and experience some things. But I think that, um, it's, it's not really like, uh, it, you know, the whole experience of just like doing things and having things, you know, is eventually going to run its course. Yeah. But like the internal experience of doing something that you care about, something that interests you, something that, you know, you want to be involved in, that's going to be something that is infinitely discoverable. Yeah. And so I think like when it comes to, you know, kind of our topic and the longevity of doing something is finding that experience that you want to be able to have, you know, I think like if you look at sports, right. I mean, you know, you take a a, a hockey game, a soccer game, baseball game, football game. They always last, like there's certain things. They always last the same amount of time unless there's overtime. You know, the, the scoring is done the same way. The rules are essentially the same, you know, whatever. But the thing that makes them interesting is like every game is a little bit different and, and nobody quite knows what's going to happen. And the, you know, in a certain part of sports is there's a liveness to it. It's, it might be under certain guidelines, but there's, there's the experience of it's going to play out in a way that I don't know yet. And I think with artistry, it's good for us to remember that artistry is like a little bit like a sport. You're going to go do the thing, but you don't know how it's going to play out. And the thing is, is that like, you know, part of, part of the fun is kind of going into this stuff and doing your best and finding out how it works. I mean, when you do an acting scene, for example, you know, you, you might go, well, I, you know, it's written in the story that this character wins and this character loses, but you don't really know how the whole thing is going to play out. You don't know what people are going to do. Cast it with a couple different people. All of a sudden it changes everything, get a different director and cinematographer and there it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, the thing is, is that, um, there's something, there's something experiential about the, um, the, the lack of definitive, like knowing what's going to happen. And with art, that's kind of it. And so I think like, you know, getting too caught up like in sports about like, if someone has to win or lose for it to be like, okay for you, I think you're missing the, the whole point of the sport. Like there's like, if it really was just about winning or losing, you just care, just watch the, just watch the highlights, skip the game. What, why would you spend the, the hour watching the game or two or three or four hours yeah. watching the game when you could just see the results at the end? Mm-hmm. Like why bother? Cause it's not really about the result as much as we like to convince ourselves it is. And we've been programmed through education to believe that life is about these results. It really isn't. You know, sometimes you might go to the game, not even for the game, but to have beers with your buddies. That might yeah. be what it's about. And so if you, if, if we take a breath and we kind of stop and we go, how do I want to be? What, how do I want to live? You know, we don't have to worry so much about the result of all of this stuff, you know, because the thing is, is like, if you make everything like, well, I have to get this role so that I get this, or I have to do this thing or win this award or, or make this song or do this thing. If we always make it about some thing, some results, some completion, I mean, 
really all you're saying is like, I have to do this so I can experience that. Mm -hmm. Cut out the middleman, go straight to the experience. You don't, you don't have to do this to have the experience you think you're after. Just figure out what that experience is. Like, well, well then I could drive sports cars around. Well, go rent a sports car. You don't have to go and be a big famous actor, drive a sports car. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the things that people are chasing have nothing to do with the thing they're doing to get the thing. It's, it's a confusion. Yeah. It's funny. I heard the other day, um, I heard the other day in a restaurant, there was this family sitting around. This guy was talking about how he was getting, um, he was talking about like he was in school, like in post-secondary and basically like he was plotting his course and it was basically just a conversation about degrees and MBAs. I'll get my degree in my MBA, my degree in my MBA and you know, whatever. And I was just like, I haven't even heard them say what they're doing. Like <laughs> what they're, what they're studying. It was just like, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to get my degree in my MBA. And it's like, and there's nothing wrong with degrees and MBAs. Um, but it made me think of like an Alan Watts talk where he was saying, it's like, you know, like the sort of reward for going and getting an education should be that you've learned it. Right. You've learned this thing because you wanted to. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if, uh, like the reward for, for taking a, getting a, going to, to school to learn how to, how to speak and write French should be, you've learned how to speak and write French. Like the, kind of the idea that you receive some sort of a certification or a, or a degree or an MBA or whatever it is for learning something seems kind of, is actually kind of a crazy idea Mm -hmm. in many ways. And, and that is, that's kind of another way. That's like the academic sort of side of what we're talking about. You Mm -hmm. know, like people are going out and getting these, you know, getting these, these degrees and certifications for the sake of having them. Right. And, uh, and I think we have started to see some of like the fallout from that because I know a lot of people who went and they went to school to get their degree in one thing or another. Um, and that's not even what they're doing at all because the degree doesn't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's not actually going to, it's not delivering the thing that they thought it was going to deliver them which was like, Oh yes, this degree will get me a, get me a good job, Mm -hmm. a good, uh, you know, safe or, you know, reliable, you know, career. Yeah. And it didn't. Right. And then these people almost inevitably have ended up doing something completely different out of something that's actually of interest to them. Right. Which I find really, really fascinating. It is, it is quite fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating how we've all, I mean, well, not all of us, but a lot of us buy into this idea that, um, we need to do something to get something like we're constantly going, well, like, well, I need to do this so I can get that. Well, so why are you doing this? I'm doing this because I need this so I can do that. So you're, this thing becomes solely to get that. And the thing is, is we stop doing the thing for the sake of the thing. And they're actually like, um, they're proving more and more that people are not learning in school. 
Like they're Mm. not learning because what's happening is they're basically figuring out how to work the system to move to the next level, to do the thing, to get the qualification, to get the thing to whatever. And basically a lot of the students treat it like an odds, like basically I'm just going to root out everybody else. And then I can guarantee because there's not enough people over there. So I'll just keep jumping through all the hoops until I get to the point where I can have the thing. And like the most successful, most wealthy people in the world, you're either, you're either born into it through massive generations that have handled wealth well and continue to grow their wealth because they have teams of people that are designed and whatever to make sure that their wealth continues throughout history to accumulate. Yeah. And then there is usually the next person, which is not person who jumped through hoops that way, but a person who went out and didn't wait for permission. There's a person who went out and simply did the thing. And the thing is, is that if you, if you really like want to actually take control of your life, you know, you don't necessarily need to abide by the rules and the hoops. And the thing is, is that, you know, I've heard it said that the biggest flaw of humankind is that we wait for permission to live our lives. Mm. Think about the whole school system. Think about it all. Think about a lot of the stuff we do. It's like, it's all just permission. We just do a lot of stuff to get permission because we're like, I don't feel good about myself. I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think people, so I need to go get this degree so that people think I'm this. It's like, like, what would you rather? Would you rather a person who had the degree that kind of talked out of their ass? Yeah. Or would you rather the person who didn't have the degree that gave you really valuable shit? Really? You don't care. All you care about is the valuable shit. You don't give a that's shit if they have value. a degree because yeah. all that matters, are they giving me something that's usable or not? And the thing is, is like, you know, you take the hoops that, you know, companies and, and systems and governments and whatever they try to set up and they do in certain ways help to, uh, you know, kind of separate people from the pack, which is good in, in that respect, but you don't need as much permission as you think, you know, we don't need as much uh, you know, and so I think like there's uh, resentment too, for people who go and they jump through all the hoops and they see someone else who didn't jump throughout the hoops who far exceeds them or gets everything they wanted. And they're like, well, that's not fair. Cause I jumped through all the hoops and it's like, life ain't about fair. Life is about, life is about how you live it. And so, you know, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to do this. Like I, 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 I think things are changing. I've seen more and more schools and more and more opportunities that are happening this way, more and more homeschooling options, more and more schools that are set up a certain way. But like there's a school now where students get to read and study what they're interested in. The thing is, is that you, you will be monumentally more successful if you actually crack books because you're interested in the topic. I believe a lot of people don't crack books now because they, they learn to crack books because someone told them they had to read the book. The thing is, is that, you know, what's so funny to me. It blows me away all the time. All the information we ever needed is all out there. It's all written in books, everything. And there's freaking libraries that have it all. And they will literally, if you go in there and you need a book, they will get it shipped over to you. Bookstores, you can go online. They will send it to you. You don't even have to leave your house. We have access to everything. And we're like, Oh, I don't know how to do this thing. I don't know what to do. 
and it's all there. People have poured yeah. their lives into these, into these yeah. content things. And the thing is, is because we don't read and we keep trying to get things through other people and through proving ourselves, we don't even realize. And like, you know, and the thing is, is like, really, if you're paying a coach, in my opinion, all you're doing is you trust that person to help save some time to, to, to help you not have to read um, certain books because they went through a whole certain amount of them. And they went, look, these are the things that I found that actually matter. And this was the stuff that was fluff. Yeah. And then, you know, a good, a, a, I think a good coach or mentor can say like, look, these are some books that maybe you should look at if you want to get more info on this, you know, but like, a lo- like it's interesting when, pe- when I ever hear anybody talk, who's like, you know, they have all these great thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, well, they didn't like, some people like to think, oh, well, you know, this person came up with it innately. They didn't come up with it innately. They learned it through sources and maybe they had parents or they had mentors around them that were well read, but information is passed down through history. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is that there, there is not a lot, there's not a lot that is, that's really new. And so the thing is, is I think like if you, if you do stuff cause you're interested, cause you're engaged, you will actually learn because you'll seek it out. But like when we're not engaged, we're like, we find it very hard to move forward in life because like, if you're engaged, you'll just buy books. Like, let me just share one story quickly. Yeah. yeah. When I was starting out in film, right. I was 16 years old. I dropped out of my architecture program, my drafting and design program. And I started pursuit film at first. My parents were like, fine. Okay. Whatever. It's what you want to do. But about a year or so later, they weren't so pumped about it. Cause I was still super into it. And my dad and I had to like, you know, we were having, we were butting heads and he didn't want me to do it. And so, you know, and, uh, I couldn't necessarily get into film school. Well, I could have, I, you know, whatever. I didn't see the means at the time, Yeah. but I just went and I bought every screenwriting book I could possibly get my hands on and every filmmaking book I'd get my hands on because I was so interested in it. And then when I finally got into film school, I realized that there was not a lot of new information in the film school. I realized mm. that I had already read pretty much most of the stuff they were talking to me about. And the only thing that was valuable to me was not this theory and not all this stuff. Um, but it was mostly just learning from people who had onset experience, because that's the one thing a book can't quite give you is the actual, like, what's it like, what's it like to be on set and to deal with obstacles in the world, shooting on location and like learning from people that can help you like figure out how to connect with people and talk to people because a lot of the time those were just hard bits of information to get. But if you're engaged, you'll, you know, you'll move forward. And now like, like, like I coach people how to write scripts around the world, but a lot of what I do is not like, it's not like innate. It's like, I read a shitload of books so that you don't have to. That's really what's happened here. Like I spent a lot of time and money and effort on my education that way. Not because I, I didn't even know I would ever teach people how to write scripts. That was never even the plan. I just wanted to be a great screenwriter mm-hmm. and I'm working on it myself. But a lot of what I can help people do is a lot of like, I've written a lot of scripts and I've read a lot of books on it. And so I can share partly my experience and partly, you know, partly my knowledge. And the thing is, is that it, I think it takes a little bit of both, right? 
I think if you go down the school route and you jump through all the hoops, but you don't get that real world knowledge, you don't really know anything because until you take that stuff and, and put it into the world. And I think that's where like, it all comes back down to me. Like this whole talk all comes back down to engagement. You want to have a long lasting career. You've got to get engaged in your career. You've got to get engaged in it because you don't realize how being engaged is going to pay off and it might not pay off immediately, but eventually if you keep being engaged in what you're doing, it will pay off somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what I think. I, I mean, I think the thing is, is that if you feign engagement throughout your career, you will constantly be stuck in a rut in the same place. But if you actually get engaged at some point, somewhere along the line, that's going to pay off. And I think the thing is, is that when we constantly chase these immediate rewards, we talk ourselves out of being engaged. Mm -hmm. It's just like be engaged and you might every once in a while get some immediate rewards, but engagement is what is going to really, it's really what's going to get you in flow and it's what's going to make this an enjoyable journey. And it's what's actually going to build something in you, an actual education, not just the, the theory of an education. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to give you that, that fuel you need to go the distance. Right. Right. Just by getting interested in getting really genuinely interested in what you're actually doing right? in the present. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, that's been a good, that felt like a wrap up almost. Yeah, it did. It felt pretty good. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, what do you want to take away from this? Uh, what do you, what are you going to take away from it? Um, man, you know, my takeaway on this one is I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm actually just going to do the exercise I told people to do. <laughs> I'm going to go on, us of it. Uh, I, I'm going to go on and without labeling with the things that, that I do, you know, because I, I'm actually interested in doing this with, with everything. Cause it's like, you know, I act and I write and I, I'm making music these days and I teach and I was like, okay, well, why don't I talk about what I do without any of those labels on it without any of those things? So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to write about it. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to write about it. It's like, okay, so what would I describe what I do? Hmm. How would I explain what I do? And, uh, and start to really get to more to the core of, of what's actually deep inside what, what is driving me, Mm. what's giving me my own fire. Mm. Um, and that thing that, um, that thing is what will actually really make me an artist. So whatever you do out there, you're a artist, you're a musician of some kind, musician, painter, actor, sculptor, (laughs) fucking whatever the hell you do. Uh, it's like write down or say it out loud and, and go into it. Like, that's the big thing. It's like, it's don't leave it to just like a few sentences, like go to, maybe I would suggest, write. This is why I'd maybe suggest writing it out. Um, is because it gives you something a little bit more definitive. Um, but write and keep writing. And when you get to a point where you're like, I don't really know what to say anymore. Mm. Keep writing. 
just write a little bit more, try and eke out like another few sentences, another few more paragraphs. Cause that's often when that gold comes out where you really start to get to where you hit that point where it's like, I don't even know what to say anymore. Hmm. That's a great spot to be at. And he goes like, well, okay. So what can you say now at this point and see what comes out, hmm. you know, and, and it will very often be the most truthful thing that you've, that you've written, that you've written out there and you go, Whoa, Holy shit. <laughs> That's what's really going on with me. Yeah. That's why I'm really doing this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I would suggest write it out and get to the point, push through, write just a little bit more. And, uh, cause I'm going to go, I'm going to go and do that. And, um, it's, yeah, I think it might really help, uh, help you connect to who you are as an artist and, and w- what the fuck you're even doing here. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I second that. I mean, I'll take on that exercise as well. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at it. Um, and, and, and dig into what that is, because I think that's actually a really valuable exercise is to look at what I do without, without describing it as like a writer or actor or filmmaker. And, um, I think that will really help me to kind of, um, deepen my connection to all of this stuff that I've been doing. Um, I think that, you know, as we've gone through this talk, um, I, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like something that I've been kind of going through is like, I, and I found this, you know, I found this throughout my life is like, for me, making money has always just been about, it gives me the freedom to do more of what I want to do, which is basically just make movies and write scripts and travel. And I think there's something about traveling in there. That's probably more important than I maybe give credit to, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's in there. It keeps coming up. But, um, you know, I think that the thing is, is for me, as I look at it as I go, you know, I don't necessarily write and make films and act to make money. I make money to write and make films and act. It's yeah. kind of the opposite. Um, and so I think I'm going to kind of look at that a little bit because I think, you know, it's been, it's, I mean, the career has been going really well and things have been really great, but I think it will really help me to, um, really kind of connect my life and my, and all I'm doing a little bit more, because I think when I, when, well, at least when I write to make money, I don't find that I enjoy the experience as much. I find that I'm, I'm confusing the thing. Cause I actually really enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to pay me to write. Like I will write, I won't necessarily write for other people for free, but like I will write on my own regardless of if I'm making money. And so I'm realizing more that I make money so that I can have more free time to write a lot of the time. And, um, I'm going to kind of investigate that a little bit and really see that, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm totally open. Like one day I might decide that I might not want to be a writer one day or a filmmaker or an actor or whatever. I might just decide I won't do it anymore. But like right now, um, a lot of the, a lot of the work I do is simply so that I can do more of what I love. And I like that that is happening. And I think that being, being that way, it kind of makes, that's why I think I I see a really long career for myself with this because, you know, it's, I don't know it. It's something that I really truly love to do. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is that I'm kind of getting through this is that, um, artistry, I think brings out maybe more of my, like, I think if I'm, if I, it brings out more of what I really want to do. And, and it's important that I maybe leave other people with is reverse the relationship. So if you're making money to be famous, maybe change the relationship. You want to be famous so you can like, or you're you're acting so you can be famous. Maybe change the relationships. I want to be famous so I can act more. You know, I want to make money or do this so I can do more of that. As opposed to, I think if you, if you're only acting or writing or filmmaking or doing or music or whatever to be famous, I think that means that the art or whatever that you're, you're doing isn't important and fame is really important. But if you, if you had all the fame and all the wealth, would you still act? And I think if you would, and you do more of it, then really you just have the relationship skewed in your mind because we've been programmed and educated poorly. And you think you want fame and fortune, but really what you want is you want to use fame and fortune to do more of the thing you love. And I think that if you want to have a long career in this, if you inverse that relationship, I think it will give you more, um, you put more focus on, on the fact of doing the thing you actually care about. Cause like, you know, I think there's a lot of time where we have time, you know, we finish our nine to five job or whatever thing we're doing, we're busy. And if we were really connected to what we love, we would, we would do it. We would practice our acting, practice our writing, practice our filmmaking. And I practice my writing every single day. I started doing an acting practice as well. And I started just, just doing it because I was like, why don't I make time for this more? There is time. Why don't I make more time for it? And, um, I think I'm, that's what, that's what I'm going to take away from this. And I think this, this is really helping me see like kind of a, a, a it's, it's helping me improve my relationship with this whole journey, you mm-hmm. know, of, of artistry. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm seeing now as we're talking about it more that like my, like my relationship to it has been somewhat, um, that's what I've been told I should do. Not necessarily what I want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, I'm not even sure if I know what my thought really is, but, um, that's what I'm going to go and venture into. Sometimes these things just got to settle for a little bit, right? Yeah, I guess so. Well, thank you everybody. It's been a slice. (laughs) That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family, or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.